The views and opinions expressed on this podcast by our host or our guests are not necessarily reflective of the views and opinions of St. Dominic Academy or affiliated people. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast from St. Dom's. I'm your host, Owen Mitchell, joined today by Meninda Marube. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we don't have much news today because we recorded yesterday, so not much sports, not much happening, you know. Um, But let's get right into it. The FDA has officially approved Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine for ages 12 to 15. Property tax is expected to go up in many main communities due to an influx of buyers, house buyers, from elsewhere in the United States. It is estimated to go up anywhere from 10 to 30 percent in some areas. Maine Republicans are proposing a five-year ban on a mandatory COVID-19 vaccine. This would prevent the state from making COVID-19 vaccines mandatory for up to five years after the um, initial emergency use authorization. It's also important to note that the state at this time is not considering making COVID-19 vaccines mandatory. And the basis for their ban on mandatory vaccines is the idea that they cause fertility issues, which according to doctors, lacks merit or any evidence for that matter. In sports, tennis, girls tennis had a game. They lost to Oxford Hills 3-2. Man from Maine was charged with entering a restricted building and disorderly conduct during the riot on the Capitol during January 6. Glenn Mitchell Simon was originally from Minot. However, he moved to Georgia recently at some unknown time. Maine is facing a flower shortage It's just a wider symptom of the national flower shortage that we're apparently having. The effect was seen especially this Mother's Day, where demand outpaced the supply for flowers. And that's it for the news. Let's get right into the fun stuff. How are you doing today, Menenda? Ah, living the American dream, (laughs) I guess. Yeah. So far, so good. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. Well, my first question for you today is, um, so you grew up in Kenya, right? Yeah, I grew up in Kenya. Yeah, what was that Jack. like? Um, life in Kenya was was good. Uh, by no means can I compare it with the U.S. life, which is a little bit laid back and um, 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 gratifying, if I could say that. Um, struggles and challenges here and there, as you always know. Um, I do not know who usually groups up the countries when they say third world countries, but I... I do call them growing economies um, or developing nations for Mm -hmm. that matter. It's not easy. It was not easy. And especially when you're grappling with the the three common uh, items that a human being needs, and that's food, shelter, and clothing, uh, you know you do not have a good base on which you can base your growth from that that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was quite challenging. But uh, for me, I've always taken challenges as a way of uh, advancing and, and growing strength by strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good way to look at it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah like. And how long did you live in Kenya? I have lived uh, for the better part of my life. Um, I grew up in different sections or in different places in Kenya. And um, actually... Um, I've only been in the U.S. for the last 10 years. Uh, prior to that, uh, as a professional runner, as you know, there's a lot of traveling. 
So I've lived in different countries, in different continents a number of times. And um, I would say prior to coming to the U.S., I've lived in, in about four different countries, up to a maximum of one year in one country. Um, and so, yeah, all, all, all different kind of experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And were those countries like all over the place or was it generally one or two continents or? No, uh, I would say both continents. Um, actually, the only continent that I've not been lucky to to go to was Antarctica, which I don't even wish to go. <laughs> um, yes, yes. So um, my first destination was in, in, in Malaysia, where I stayed and I was commuting uh, between China, Hong Kong, Singapore, Thailand, around that that zone, uh, where I would go and do my races and all that. And then the other section that I lived also was in Turkey. And as you well know, Turkey is the only country that uses both the euros and, and dollars. Um, and I was also equally kind of like going back and forth, Portugal and some other places. And also I, I lived in Spain hmm. and, and a little bit of Dublin in Ireland. Wow. Yeah. So all those countries cutting across different places and all that. That's that's really cool. Yeah. You get to see the world like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels good. It feels yeah. good. Across different cultures, you get to see how people uh, operate, what people eat, what are their values, both at national level at an individual level. What influences such? Even though my mind was not open into studying that, but I was very receptive through the processes. Yeah. Yeah. So. If you got the chance to go to Antarctica and run a race there, would you do it? Um, that's stretching me a little bit far. <laughs> uh, it's it's as good as saying that I want to go to Alaska just for visiting, which I do not wish uh, because of the obvious reasons. <laughs> the cold. Yeah, the cold. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. That's one of those things that you cannot dare me. Because <laughs> I cannot do it. Yeah. Yeah, like during practice, sometimes when it gets even to like 50, you'll be wearing a coat. Oh, yeah. You can say that. Even yesterday, <laughs> even yesterday it was in the 60s. Uh, but Yesterday was warm. Uh, yeah, according to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what necessitates that is uh, living in a tropical climate, you are tuned to one particular range of weather. Mm-hmm. And so when you go into a country where weather kind of fluctuates, uh, goes so extremely cold, goes extremely hot, you do not know how to adapt easily. Mm-hmm. So you are caught in between. Yeah, yeah, in most cases. You don't really get used to it as easy. Um, well, you know, there is something, there is a philosophy that I normally use in me, and that is, uh, um, you know, if you have no other way, you have to adopt the only way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However difficult it is, that's part of the challenge um, of growing and getting out of your comfort zone. Even though there are some other things that I'm not motivated to do, like skiing, of <laughs> course. Um, yeah. So uh, trying to make the best possible uh, joy out of the misery that comes with that. <laughs> that comes with the winter. <laughs> the winter, yeah. Yeah. All right, my next question. Um, running. It's about running. 
mm-hmm. you do a lot of running you know marathon runner yeah um god yeah marathon runner <laughs> um good very good yeah how was that like doing that whole circuit you know running um running has been part of me and is still part of me even though um at the moment i have a little bit uh put it aside uh of course uh to pursue other um more interesting uh things like um studying or academics and and other and other things of course to get to enjoy life uh it's owned me for a while and um i can tell you that there is a lot to learn from running most people would think that just running is just to get out and and go and run but it's been my only way of doing meditation and getting uh out of my comfort and also getting to get to know myself better so uh for me it's very therapeutic uh in such a way that um any time that i want to refresh up my mind any time that i feel like i'm pushed to the wall um i would like to go out and run that sweating alone revitalizes my energies and 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 furnishes me with all the necessary thinking processes that i need uh to continue with life mm-hmm. yeah so it's um i can say it's very interesting it's very interesting in such a way that uh it pushes you it pushes you both physically and yeah emotionally too yeah yeah and we talked about that with dan we had him on yesterday you did. um we talked about like how his love for running kind of turned into that love for coaching and stuff like that yeah and you've been doing some coaching now too yes with uh the track team this year yes and cross-country team even too yes earlier yes. in the year um would you say that that kind of like has your enjoying coaching has kind of come from that love for running yes yes um uh the fact that it comes naturally and 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 um and more i mean i've taken classes for coaching of course but you understand the western philosophy is completely different from the eastern philosophy on matters running as it were um you know you go for what what works but most importantly is that you always want to help somebody be able to realize their full potential and how are they going to realize their full potential if they are not getting out of their comfort zone whichever that way it's the struggles of an american child is not the struggles of an african child the pushes and the pulls are quite different when you relate it to especially someone coming from where i come from and someone coming from the us uh you would say it's it's it, there is there is a difference in between there but it cre- and that's what the dynamic that it brings along that helps you be able to enjoy the processes of coaching and um and also get to learn a lot of these ups and downs uh values and all that mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> um and i can just go to the next question yeah um Okay. So you mentioned like um trying to help people, you know, trying yeah. to do all that and you've been recently even later today you're doing a presentation about it, you've been speaking out against 
human trafficking. Yeah. And doing work to kind of open up the public eye, I'd say. Yes. About that kind of, that problem. Yes. So, yeah, why don't you tell us a little, little bit about that? Um, in my journey, um, just like I said before, I, I want to say this, that I enjoy adversity. And the reason why I'm saying I enjoy adversity because it provides me an opportunity to be able to contemplate and and to get out of my comfort zone and be able to prosper or grow. I work well with adversity because uh, it's the only way that I know how. Um, when you, um, like for instance, um, um, my story to the U.S. and, and becoming a a survivor of human trafficking uh, it's not something that I envisioned and it's something that I would always look back and say I'm thankful of uh, because it changed my track and my way of looking at things and, and also offered me an opportunity to continue because as you know my intention as a professional runner is just to go to countries you you pitch a tent there for a week, two or a month or so, and you do races here and there for the purpose of earning money and go back to your country. So having no uh, formal education uh, was a little bit of a challenge for me, especially when I got uh, not only into the US, but when I got into the professional running. Because I realized that I had to learn English. Most of the countries that I would go to, English is the only way or form of communication, and um, and so uh, and so I I came to the U.S. like I could go to any other country to do my running. And then when I reached here, my vision was to come here and do a three months uh, run of road races. Uh, all over the country and but when I came here and reached here it did not dawn on me until uh, my second race actually because I realized the first race that I came here that through which the invitation that I received um, um, they did not pay and so I told myself well I still have my legs intact and I st I'm still energetic so I'm gonna move on to a different race and probably get 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 a pay but I not question and that's one of the dynamics of human trafficking because you never know. You never know. It's not written on the face that, oh, you're already in the ring. So I change managers and I go to Minnesota and I decide, okay, I'm going up there to Minnesota and join other runners, train there, and be able to uh, do races uh, within this span of three months that I have so that I can get money and go back, back home. My vision was to make money and go back to school. Little did I know that I was where I was headed to Minnesota was uh, a club set up by an unscrupulous um, uh, uh, manager or agent, and there we were literally taken into captivity. And um, and um, and to cut the long story uh, short, uh, he ended up confiscating our passports, and we became we became part of his, uh, his uh, illegal activities. Um, getting out of that, after getting out of that, I decided that I was going to create awareness on human trafficking. And so in 2015, I decided to run across the country from Maine to California, a feat that I did. And actually, because I wanted to create awareness on human trafficking, I wanted people to know that, hey, we have people here who are talented and we have people here who are intending to do good. But the channels through which they catch ourselves or themselves 
um they are not well looked on and so there are people who are taking advantage of people's uh talents and so um and so yeah i i i decided i was going to back to give back to the community now my shift came when i started now looking at running not as a competitive sport anymore but as a way of also reaching out to other people and getting the message out that hey we have a problem here and this is the second most lucrative organized crime we have in the country making over billions billions of of, of mm-hmm. US dollars every year and so um i've always been working with different organizations across the new england uh to create this awareness and i'm part of uh, and i'm part of uh, that group that kind of like seeks to create awareness on on human trafficking even though I have drifted a little a little bit towards academics um it, it's part of growing mm-hmm. yeah but hey human trafficking is not about the immigrants it's not it, it's not something that we can we can close our eyes towards because even interstates crossing and 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 and, and people taking advantage the motivating um factor in this is desire we know that each and every human being has a desire but when this desire creeps in like a snake and takes you into a different levels beyond the wants beyond the needs then it becomes uh of course greed and that's what most people are operating on especially the traffickers mm-hmm. yeah and would you say that it's still a big problem in running today i would not limit it to running but it is Uh, because a number of other athletes have been caught in in Europe where the uh the manager left them in a hotel room and he never paid the allowances uh it's it's the human needs and human desires and greed will continue in this world until we address it mm-hmm. and we are not going to address it as a nation we are going to address it as individuals but what kind of approaches we are using that is what's going to be uh the interesting processes to to follow up um so it is it is big it is big because each and every day we have a kid who shows a talent if this talent if it's not nurtured we have middlemen everywhere even the economy of the US we have middlemen and those middlemen are the people who are exploiting the processes and 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 giving the other uh parties of the law the presumed law and uh unfair um kind of like trading rights so um it's something that it still exists mm-hmm. yeah not only on running but on any kind any kind of sports i mean we know that super bowl is the highest the highest concentrated sport in the world where the human trafficking sexual sex trafficking takes place it's evidence mm-hmm. so that tells you that it's a problem yeah definitely it's a problem yeah and you mentioned that you've kind of taken a more academic shift in your life recently yes um how are you are you using that kind of now more of an academics stand view or standpoint or whatever to speak out against that um you know uh for you to be able to be effective uh, the first thing you have to do is to take a keen listening to the processes 
and academic is that uh, opportunity or that platform through which you can be able to actualize that um, getting to learn and understand different cultures and what defines human trafficking especially in the culture of an American uh, an American citizen is completely it's a different dynamics especially when you relate it with the with the with the African ways of thinking because the struggles just like I said there earlier they're not the same and we can use the universal applications we can use the universal definitions of what human trafficking is but our our law our fundamental laws in different countries and nations define it completely different all owing to what are the pushes and and the pulls on the ground so once you understand what are the pushes then 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 you formulate a law to protect the victims or the survivors of human trafficking from that point so academic in this sense uh helps to inform me of what i need to know in the ground and 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 helps me to be able to, to be a better communicator but more so be able to look at from a wide way of um of a of, of perspective mm-hmm. a wider perspective yeah in that case yeah and you have you graduated yet from University of Farmington? Yes, I did. Gra- Maine, I did graduate. Yeah, I did graduate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And as you mentioned, you didn't get much education, right, when you were in Kenya? Yes. So coming to the U.S., actually, I was like a third grade dropout mm-hmm. uh, because that's where my education ended, and so it was not easy to move from a third grade into college life. <laughs> You can you can imagine, especially when English is your third language, um, and everything you are taught in English and all that. It's it's I had to do extra for for every one hour of class, I would spend up to six hours of that particular class to get to understand and decipher the information that I received, mm-hmm. and so it was a little bit tough for me. Um, um, unlike the rest of the students who actually you know speak english as their first language uh so i had to put that an extra but which i was so much willing to do and and i would say that that willingness is what has put me where i am right now and i'm not tired and i'm going forward and i'm i'm gonna continue going but mostly i would attribute this to running too because um running has shaped my character Mm-hmm. It's not only running. The amount of discipline that you have inculcate to have to inculcate in into running, uh, it's it, it's something that will transform you and will help you into your future endeavors, into your other future endeavors. Yeah, yeah. And you're writing a book right now, right? <sighs> yes, I've been writing that book. Actually, it's, it's ready. It's only that uh, it needs to be edited and and put on the shelf mm-hmm. as po- as much as possible. I am working as I've been with this COVID. I, when people say COVID is negative for me, I say COVID is a positive. Just like I I highlighted there earlier earlier on, I I, I thrive in in adversity. And um, and and for COVID, uh, within this short time of COVID, I've been able to uh, to start my second book, probably hmm. in about thirty pages already, 
and and also I've been doing a PhD dissertation uh, with the university in in in, uh, in, uh, in Arizona, which has been like 70 pages worth of writing and research material and all that kind of stuff. So I've been so much involved at this particular time in silence or in isolation. Uh, following the protocol of um, because I couldn't just sit down at at home and say and cry that oh COVID now is here no job no nothing to do and so it's given me that opportunity to be able to focus more mm-hmm. on this so hopefully God willing in less than a, less than a year uh, the book will be on the shelf probably the second two um, so I'm still working on still working on yeah yeah and what is it about really um uh, the first book is actually it's like an out of uh biography um um it's basically um it's my journey mm-hmm. yes uh it's it's my journey on how i from childhood to where i am right now and um and and, and yeah so mostly that's what's featured in the book uh it's 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 that journey, the ups and downs that I've encountered through life and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a pretty interesting story. So I hope so. Yeah, so pretty well. <laughs> I hope so. I've lived it. So I do not I do not know how interesting that would be to a reader, but um, I guess it comes down to how we put our words again uh, to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you've been living in Maine for a while now. Yes. Right. Now right. this is my um, eighth year. Mm-hmm. I've lived in Maine for eight years now. Yeah, and even though you don't really like the winters, you know, um, I, I I don't think winter has issue. It's <laughs> only that I choose not to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I actually it's a deliberate effort that I have made not to like it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to try the, to not like it. Yes, I haven't found any any pools that interest me enough to get out of my comfort zone and say, well, I, I can do, can I survive through winter? Yes, I've, I've, I've survived. I, I actually was met with the biggest that I've ever seen. I think you also have seen it. Uh, and if you remember in 2010, when the, um, the Minnesota Dome came down because of the amount of snow that has snowed ever experienced in the US, I think I was there. And that's when I saw, for me, it was a nightmare. Like, I couldn't believe. Because you wake up early in the morning, all doors, you guys are locked in. Everything, nothing is functioning. All the cars are buried. And the dorm has fallen. So that was a huge amount of snow. That was a huge amount of snow. And so I've experienced the worst. And I think that welcoming, that snow welcoming for me, that's what discouraged me to see any positivity out of it mm-hmm. yeah so that's why i don't like skiing that's why i'd rather i love watching snow though from out the window when i'm sleeping yeah, yeah. but you, you don't like touching it no going, no going no at all. my relationship ends on that mirror <laughs> yeah as long as there's a window it's okay yeah as long as but there's once a window, you have to go outside it's mm, it's no mm, i don't need to if i don't have to mm-hmm. yeah and yeah even though even though you don't like that aspect as much about like Maine, what would you what would you say like about everything else? You know how you feel about it. Um, I mean, the first thing, the most best attraction that usually attracts me in most cases are people. Mm-hmm. People, kind-hearted people, and, and 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 you know, I love learning from the from the ground up because 
I realized that most people have a lot of stereotyping, stereotypes, uh, and, um, and, um, and, 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 and in case like when I was deciding to move um, to, to Maine, I remember one person saying that, you know, Maine is the second whitest state. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> they made a very funny joke and said, you're, you're moving there to people that you even don't know. And you're going to take yourself over there. You're going to go and suffer. And I said to myself, you know what? I'd rather go there and suffer or even die than dying here, just sit and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And so I put myself on the arms way, according to them. But when when I look back and when they, they reach out now and then they see the kind of progress that I've made and where I am at right now, they're like, oh, you made a good decision. I said, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I did make a good decision. So for me, it's people. The place is as good as the people who inhabit it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you say across the U.S. that there's like a, a range about how good the people are? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I cannot, I cannot uh, classify people, but I can definitely tell you based on the laws uh, of certain kind of states and 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 how they treat people I can tell you the people are different uh, but there is a perceived not only perceived but I can attest to be the true culture of an American person is that of an individual person uh, which is completely opposite of where I come from we are so much family oriented people the reason why I'm saying this is because of when I was going through uh, um, the issue with human trafficking, the neighbor could see that there is a huge number of people in this house, but they would not even alert the police and say, okay, my neighbor here looks like he has way more than people who are supposed to be in that condo. Mm-hmm. Can you, the police, come and ask questions? Uh, what's happening here? People, the American culture is, I'm minding my own business. I don't care about anyone else. And that's the reason why some of these things, when they happen, we don't know. Hardly can you ask a child to name five houses from their house or five names of the five neighbors around there, around there, around where they, where they live, they cannot even know. They don't know. They cannot say what they do for work. And that, to me, is so much concerning because we are social beings and we thrive through each other. So when we work collectively, that's how we thrive as people. And that if that element is not cultivated from an early age, we are people who are only busy thinking about what am I going to do today? Where am I going to get money to pay the bills from? And you keep on repeating the same cycle, same cycle, same cycle. You're not living, you're surviving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I could... For, for me, the aspect of family is very critical. Yeah, if we had that family thing going on, mostly a time where you, you'll just take off and sit down with your kids and, you know, cook together, do stuff together, wash dishes together. You don't have to develop, to depend on the machine to do it for you. Just bond. That bonding aspect is missing. 
big time. And, and that's the only thing that I can take off the American culture and replace it with family. That's the only thing. Otherwise, everything else, people have good attitude, they are hard work. But, but you know, life comes down to how you relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And would you say you found a good family here? Yes. 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 So I found a good family here. And that's, it's, it's, it all comes down to how you relate with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean in Africa, uh, in Kenya, um, because Kenya is one of the 53 countries in Africa, and Africa is very diverse, as you know. I don't like using the word Africa because that's a continent. Mm-hmm. Um, you wake up early in the morning, without a notification, you visit somebody's house. Go there and ask them questions. You just walk. You don't send an email you don't make a phone call hey i'm coming to your house no you just visit them you go there you miss them you don't complain because yeah. you because you care for each other but here you have to write an email you have to make an appointment and sometimes it's like 30 minutes sometimes someone gives you like an hour and all that and it's so official in such a way that there is no link there is no connection there is no connectivity between between the between between we are we have made everything so professional in such a way that you know nature you should let nature that's what i could say like mm-hmm. just just relate like connect natural natural connection that's what i would say uh, it's very important yeah yeah all right i think i've talked too much and no it's fine <laughs> i think that's a that's probably a good place to end it so yeah. why don't we get started with the outro? You want to say something to the audience? Um, so to you who is listening or, yeah, who can hear me, um, um, the only thing that I would like to say is that, hey, every time that you wake up early in the morning, just know you're impacting somebody's life. Uh, your quietness, your disconnect, your connection, your um you how you relate to people means something to you are inspiring someone to be bad or to be good take responsibility on each and everything all right thanks for listening to the podcast at saint dominic academy